Welcome to the Aaron Ashby Podcast, Hoarding Chaos, where we are making connections to mind the gap. I am your host, Aaron Ashby, and we are minding the gaps in business, dual home families, life, and love. Hi, welcome to the podcast. I am Aaron Ashby, and I'm so glad that you've joined us today. Today, I wanted to talk a little bit about why self-growth is so damned uncomfortable. So we go through these different growth phases in life, and they are just not comfortable. They are hard, and they are difficult to identify for ourselves and for our partners and friends and the people that are you know involved in our lives. And it got me to thinking a while back because my mom started going through menopause and she was often reflecting on how that stage of life felt like the shedding of one's skin, a peeling back of the protective armor, a letting go of what's too heavy, too toxic, or just too much. So it really got me to thinking that as women especially, we go through so many evolutions throughout our lives. By middle age, self-exploration is basically a pastime. We have to pack up our identity and unload a new bag of tricks every five to seven years, or less even. From being a childhood, or from being a child, to a potential child bearer, and then to a wife, and then to an actual child bearer, and then for me, a stay-at-home mom, and then a working mom, and then eventually everyone that I've dedicated our life, my life to is going to leave the nest and your body dries up and your boobs dry up and your stomach gets fat and menopause sets in. It really sounds super. But we hear this phrase, the shed your skin you're in, to motivate us to embrace our true inner nature or talents, to let go of this facade, to feel comfortable in who we are as a person regardless of our body, or to experience a rebirth of some kind. In essence, you've changed, right? So if menopause is a shedding of the skin and not just a bitch with a temperature control problem, then why do we fight it and all the other changes so much? From our teen years to hormonal changes and having kids and postpartum and in all of these changes have massive effects on us as a person and we oftentimes fight that. We want to hold on to something else that we thought was was before or was easier or that we're familiar with. So why do we fight it so hard? And if I'm going to be getting to this place in my life where I'm going to want to, you know, shed all of this skin that's unnecessary and feel like a, a freeness afterwards, then what have I been packing on in the years before that is going to need to be shed? What maybe could I not pack on <laughs> that I won't have to shed later? And what's worth holding on to? So I've been reading a lot of stoicism lately and was introduced to Ryan Holiday last year. And if the obstacle is the way then to me, the answers to these questions are in the patterns of behavior that slow down or thwart this growth phase, this evolution. So what happens when we're in one of these growth phases? 
what happens when we shed our skin? Do you see any patterns? Because I sure as hell do. Knowing the signs and the markers of a change coming can help us better communicate that to our partners and really honestly better identify our triggers for ourselves. Let me explain. It's like when you're pregnant and suddenly everyone you meet is also pregnant. Being aware of the change that's happening within yourself will make the things around you that are a catalyst for this change even louder. And oftentimes the things that move us into action are not good things. Things we dislike are more glaring and so too is our resentment of them. So we're probably more prone to act when we don't like something than to seek improvement just because. Because honestly, we're just lazy animals, right? So here are some patterns that I have to check. When I first start feeling the coming of an evolution, I am almost always being motivated by something I don't like. And so it ends up generally going something like this. One, I try to fix what I don't like. Two, when that doesn't work, I try to fix whoever is responsible for what I don't like. Three, when that doesn't work, I think about fixing me so I can regain control of whatever I don't like. Four, that often starts off with surveying my people to remind me of what doesn't need fixing. I'm told that you probably shouldn't have to do this, but what are friends for, right? Five, then I start looking for ways to increase joy, happiness, pleasure. All mostly unsustainable emotions. And this has not always led to great choices, especially in my past. Six, I start bitching a lot because nothing has changed. And then I find myself very easily triggered and I can't draw a boundary to stop it. And seven, I finally start writing. I start reflecting and I start turning inward. By eight, I've started working out. I'm exceedingly sick of the skin I'm in and so I wanna sweat it off, <clears throat> all of it. Nine, finally, things start changing. But you see the problem here, right? Why not just cut all of that crap and skip straight to seven where I'm, I'm reflecting? or never stop seven and eight and skip straight to nine. In my second marriage, I'm still working on it. Well, we're still working on it. On what it means to be happy within yourself, to love, honor, and protect yourself. To start there first. And let's be honest, this whole idea of self can be perplexing. So now I'm looking to philosophies like Stoicism. I'm taking personality tests. I'm a two on the Enneagram, in case you're wondering. I'm looking to friends to keep me in check. That's a big one for me. I'm listening to all of my favorite actors turned life coach from Russell Brand, Will Smith, and Jim Carrey. I'm watching Marie TV. I'm soaking in all things Brene Brown. I mean, I am all in. I'll be 36 this year, and like I said, by now self-exploration is basically a hobby. But what I'm still struggling with the most is really knowing what's toxic. My situation, my relationships, me, and how can you tell? 
how do you know when you're not the crazy one or worse yet when you are <laughs> this is probably where I lean on my friends the most because our own reality is all true to us but what makes it real is third-party perception so how many third parties do you have to ask to hear the answers that you want and how many tell you the truth that you may not want to hear what I've learned so far about what's toxic is that more often than not, it's a combination of things. My ex wasn't necessarily toxic, but together at the end, we most definitely were. Relationships aren't one-sided games and chances are good that we have just as much of a role to play in our situation than anyone else. Yes, that's a big yuck pill to have to swallow. But the underlying theme in all of this for me has been that these questions that come with the evolution make me feel crazy. I remember when the hormones first set in when I was 13 and I was sitting on the couch with my mom and I just burst into tears. She reaches over for my hand and she looks all concerned and she asked me what was wrong. And I just replied, I have no idea and just made me cry even harder. And all she could do was laugh at me because you just feel like a crazy person because none of it is comfortable. None of it's comfortable. Feeling restless and uneasy are essential to growth. Even not understanding what the next step is. You just have to embrace the suck. You have to understand that discomfort is part of it. And it doesn't matter if it's a change that you wanted, needed, or was thrust upon you by nature. And maybe all evolutions must, by nature, shake things up this much. They must make us question everything, even our own sanity. But what's really at stake is our core, our inner self. And as we go through these changes, if we don't even understand who our inner self is, then how will we know what needs to be shed and what needs to be protected? What's at the core of our inner self, this purest, most authentic and innocent part of us? So that's where we begin, right? Within ourselves. Not trying to fix circumstances or people outside of our control. We just have to break the chains of our own patterns of behavior. So I'm going to try to do two things to break my own destructive patterns of behavior. One, I'm going to try to meditate every day. I want to practice witnessing my emotions and triggers rather than living in them. And meditating for me has always been a little difficult because my brain is all over the place. I haven't been properly trained. I don't have a meditation coach. But one strategy that I was introduced to not too long ago was basically like a word game. So you pick a word and for 10 minutes... You just try to maintain consciousness with that word. You're focusing on that word. And anytime you start thinking about the past or projecting out into the future, you just bring yourself back to that word. And one practice that I like to try to do is in visualization because that helps me maintain my focus. And so if I can visualize a black chalkboard and just write the word, on that chalkboard and then I just keep my my mind eye on that. Two, I want to keep writing. 
I don't want to just start writing when things get bad or when I feel like I need to better understand what's going on inside of my, my thought cage. Um, but I want to keep writing, never stop. Always stay curious. Because anger isn't so loud when it has to take a back seat. And fear cannot survive understanding. So that's how I hope to try to break my own destructive patterns of behavior. Maybe by doing that, I can start skipping one through seven and go straight to growth. How will you break the cycle and embrace your personal evolution? I would love to hear what you do now, what you want to do, what your stuck points are. I'm all ears. Thank you so much for joining us today. I'll catch you next time. That is it for us today. Thank you so much for joining me. This has been Courting Chaos, the Erin Ashby podcast. Be sure to visit our website at erinmarieashby.com. Subscribe to the community and you'll get notified whenever we have a new blog or new podcast updated. I'll see you next time.